Want to know more about what makes us tick? Have we got a book for you? Welcome back to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us is Dan Levitt, author of a book titled, What's Gotten Into You? The Story of Your Body's Atoms from the Big Bang through Last Night's Dinner. What a title. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? Great to be here. Great to see you. Great to meet you. First off, you're a documentarian, have filmed with lots of people, including Stephen Hawking, Michio Kaku, and more. And you are a science historian. And there's a lot of both science and history going on here in the book. Tell us about it. You know, the book is um, came out of uh, a question that I had when my daughter started to become vegetarian. I um, wondered what she would have to eat in order to remain healthy. And almost very quickly after that, I realized that every single particle in our bodies, hers and mine and yours, came from the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago. And that led to all kinds of questions because I discovered that our atoms saw events that I had no conception of, you know, from not just from the Big Bang and the creation of the elements, but also from these unbelievable catastrophes and collisions in when the Earth and the and the solar system was forming, and when the, the Earth was was uh, formed and almost an entire uh, glacial glacial snowball, uh, to uh, when the rocky barren planet planets were were ultimately conquered by plants and the earth was transformed and so i wondered both what were those amazing events that our atoms witnessed and how could we possibly have learned about them and that's where the science history comes in because the book is equally about how we learned what happened hundreds of millions and billions and billions of years ago that is part of the history uh, aspect of this and as the song goes we are stardust right yeah. That's right. We're that that's Joni Mitchell. And of course, uh, Carl Sagan said, uh, we are um, star stuff. And, um, you know, that's literally right. Because when the Big Bang happened, you had the most elementary parts, particles in the universe, including electrons and quarks and gluons, which glue quarks together, those quickly made neutrons, protons. And, uh, but the only atoms that came out of the Big Bang were four of them, the most prevalent being hydrogen. 10% of our mass is made of hydrogen, which came out of the Big Bang. All the other elements in our body were formed in giant stars, in huge massive stars, the heat, ever increasing heat of huge massive stars, which created all the elements up to iron. And then in the most powerful explosions of the universe, which were uh, supernovas, which were explosions of dying stars. And so we literally are star stuff because everything in us, uh, with the exception of some hydrogen, and even much of that came through stars. So the, the book is chock full of uh, interesting science here and, and how our bodies work and the motivation, looking to keep your daughter healthy as, as a vegan, is really interesting. What did, what did you learn about that? Um, you know, uh, well, I learned that being a vegetarian, she's, she became a, a vegetarian, not a vegan, uh, uh, is easy to do. 
you know, my my initial parental concerns and questions were very quickly answered. Although I did learn that um, uh, almost everything in our bodies did ultimately come from plants, uh, and and uh, it's uh, that includes most of the uh, or a huge proportion of the vitamins, all of the minerals, uh, and of course. Um, uh, almost all of our mass, we are made of um, a, a, a largely of products of photosynthesis. That is the sugars and the carbohydrates and the other things that we're made of ultimately were made by plants or other uh, photosynthesizing organisms. And so, you know, ultimately we are, you could say we're plants rearranged. In fact, I think you point out about a third of our genes are shared with bananas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly right because um, we and plants descended from the same type of cell, which is a more complex cell than bacteria. It's called a eukaryote, and um, uh, it has all kinds of tiny structures in it that simpler bacteria don't have, and um, uh, evolution has taken a lot of the very early inventions and carried them forward. And we and plants uh, uh, keep many of them. Are there particular takeaways that you hope your readers of the book come away thinking about or, or feeling? And what should we do with the knowledge that you're imparting here? You know, there, there are many of them. Um, uh, one of them is that, you know, one of the things that I learned is that your body and mine is made of 30 trillion cells. If you were to stack them all up, they would go to the moon and back like 27 times or something like that. And each cell is made of on the order of 100 trillion atoms. And those atoms create uh, all kinds of fantastic nanomachines and other structures that 100 years ago we knew nothing about. Um, you know, and when I say machines, I mean things with interlinked parts that you know move one way and move another way and, and make things happen. And so, you know, there's a way in which, uh, and 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 all of these sprang uh, were create were created ultimately in a random explosion. 13.8 billion years ago from the Big Bang. Somehow they, they came together here on Earth and small collections of these are making you and I. And so there's a way in which we can't really even uh, comprehend the complexity of our own bodies. And, and I think for me, that gives me a sense of gratitude and awe that I'm part of this universe that creates people like us. It's it's really, you know, it's it's something that is akin to the feeling I get when I've walked down to the Grand, walked down the Grand Canyon. It's, you know, one of the things I hope my readers will get is a sense of being part of something much bigger. One of the interesting things that, that I found was how you bring together these different disciplines. I mean, there are people who are working in geology and in, in biology, astrophysics, but you, you 
fun, have a funnel here and pour them all in, into one bottle for us, it seems. Yeah, that was the challenge of writing the book, was that it crosses so many disciplines because uh, each chapter of the book asked a different question. How did we discover what the smallest particles in our bodies are? How did we discover what our bodies are made of and what we have to eat in order to survive? How did we discover how the earth was transformed or life on earth was transformed from bacteria to plants and animals? And so each one required me to essentially look at the history of, of a completely dis different discipline. And, and there are not really any books you can go to to get all of those answers at once. So not only did I have to do a lot of reading, but I had to call an awful lot of scientists, including... Uh, I tried to speak with a lot of, of, of older uh, scientists because much of the book is retracing the drama of the scientific discoveries that allowed us to, to, uh, uh, to make the discoveries that allow us to retrace the journey of our atoms. And uh, that meant I wanted to recapture what it was like for the scientists who made the discoveries at the time. And that meant sometimes talking to uh, much older people who had, who had been there and, 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 and could tell me what it was like firsthand. You know, and it seems that each generation perhaps seems to think that they've solved many of these mysteries that we know what there is to be known. But I guess the phrase is, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> so there can certainly be many more volumes to come here. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, one of the really striking things uh, that I saw as I uh, as I wrote the book was that 100 to 150 years ago, we had no idea that the universe was not static. We had no idea how the planets had, and the solar system had formed. We had very little idea how the chemicals in our body created life. We had almost no idea what uh, how life was created in our cells. And we had very little knowledge of the history of our planet. In just that short amount of time, we have learned so much. And so much of it, of course, was, was uh, not simply because someone had a genius idea, but also because we had new tools that allowed us to see deeper and farther. And so it really makes you think, wow, what's it gonna be like 100, 100 years from now? You know, How much more will we know that we uh, that we don't know at the moment, you know, uh, particularly for fields like earth science, where if you try to look back at the history of the earth, there's so little evidence. You know, uh, uh, I spoke to somebody who said that he had looked at an old textbook of his, a geologist from the 1950s, and so much of it was was in that case wrong because it was just during the last, you know. 60 years that people have come up with so much more evidence that the theories have been uh, widely revised. And now we have the uh, Webb Space Telescope just getting started that's going to, I guess, uncover a lot more as we go along. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I think the telescopes are going to tell us so much more, and I think new microscopes will, and, and I think more powerful computers will. I, I'm sure there are all kinds of tools that we don't even know about at the moment that will change and refine so much that we know about that we take for granted we will take for granted about the world 
And of course, AI is going to play a role. What are your thoughts about uh, artificial intelligence, uh, the, the benefits and, and the, the dangers that sometimes capture headlines? Well, I'm sure for scientists, there are going to be a lot of benefits, you know, in, in mining data sets and in making connections that uh, that we might not be able to do otherwise. But of course, in my mind, the um, there are two twin dangers. One of them is warfare. Uh, if we set these things up and uh, they're off on their own, we've lost control. And the other is, uh, it, in my own mind, I'm, I'll be concerned in the future about surveillance technology about the degree to which they can be used to um, uh, to repress dissent. Interesting. Dan, what are your thoughts about writing a book versus producing, creating documentaries and, and, and the storytelling? Very different, I suppose, very different experiences. Well, they they are somewhat different. They're not for me. They weren't entirely different because so many of my films were both about science and history, and they were scientific mysteries. Uh, and that's what I tried to do in my book as well. Was each chapter is really a scientific mystery. A hundred years ago, or one hundred fifty years ago, we knew absolutely nothing about uh, how the elements were formed. How could scientists possibly learn about them? And that that's a chapter. In, in the book. And so uh, there are many elements of the storytelling that I had done a lot of before. But of course, books are also quite different too, because you can get more into depth and uh, you can really develop character in a way which it's a, which is a, a bit different way. You have to do it in a different way in a film. And um, so I, you know, I, I love them both, and particularly for me, writing has been a wonderful new challenge. But the but um, uh, it's really telling a good story has been for me uh, the common thread. Well, congratulations on on what you've accomplished with this book and and all of your other work. The book again, what's gotten into you? The story of your body's atoms from the Big Bang through last night's dinner. Dan Levitt, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure.